broadcasting from the Annie Up studio. It's the longest running poker podcast for the everyday poker player with your host, Joe Scale. Hello, A-Team. It's Friday, August 11th. The magazine's been out for about a week, and I've already gotten some great questions coming in for the Ask the Chainsaw section with Alan Kessler. They have emailed them to podcast at anyupmagazine.com, which is fine. I'll pass those along to Alan. But the best way to reach out is via Twitter and ask the question. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Alan Kessler's article in the August issue. You can go to the website anyupmagazine.com and click magazine, or I'll have a link to it in the show description. Speaking of the magazine, I've also had a lot of people commenting on what a great job Lon McCarran and Norman Chad did in the interview on the podcast last week. Be sure to check out the whole interview in the magazine, though. And as for the podcast, I've been putting some segments that I feel like you guys want to see on YouTube rather than the whole hour-long podcast. The best response has been to my one-outer, call the floor, and hand of the week. I actually shortened hand of the week down to be more like five minutes, but I really want to know what you guys think. Do you want me to start putting the whole podcast out there on YouTube again? Do you want to see other segments? Is there something else you would like to see? Give me your thoughts at podcast at anyupmagazine.com. Last but not least, the Manscaped code is back. Now you can get 20% off their precision-engineered tools for your family jewels once again. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive code for AnyUp listeners. AnyUp20 will get you 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Their best value is the Performance Package 4.0. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmers, Both of those have advanced skin-safe technology to help reduce the nicks and the risk of ingrown hairs. It also comes with Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, performance boxer briefs, and a nice travel bag. So go to manscaped.com and enter the code ANNIEUP20 to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That's important. Wherever you are in the world, it's free shipping. That's all I have, so let's get on with the show. Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table with Table Talk. We are back around the poker table with Elle. L, how are you? Good. It's Friday. It is Friday. <laughs> pretty good on Fridays, so pretty good. Not too bad, trying to enjoy the last bits of summer. Yes. Speaking of the last bits of summer, huge shout out to our Table Talk sponsor, Rockford Charitable Games, who they have you know this really cool thing going on right now with single table satellites for the MSPT, and it would be a great way to uh, kind of round out the summer a little bit if you could spend a $150 buy-in into something bigger than that. So well, yeah, <laughs> they, well, this weekend they're going to be at white Eagle banquets, which they are there through the 13th and they're doing these single table satellites, which are $150 buy-in. And if it's a full table, meaning 10 players, the winner gets $1,250. So that would be your buy-in to the MSPT event plus gas money. So that would be that would be a fun way to to round out the summer for sure. So um have you looked at have you looked at the payouts uh for those that were in the WSOP? I've glanced over them and of course it hurts my heart a little bit that they don't get all of it, but there's there's always taxes involved and um you know, so you have to, you know, that going in, right, uh, right. what your chances are. So, I mean, they're still impressive, but I know that's also, you take a little hit when you win a big sum, you lose, you lose a little bit to taxes as well. Right. Sure. And you know, that's always the big thing when somebody wins the lottery, people talk about, well, you're only going to get 
X amount of that or whatever. But I guess they don't really talk about it as much when it comes to poker, but mm-hmm. you do have to pay those taxes either way. But Daniel Weinman's total winnings for, for winning the main event was 12.1 million. Mm-hmm. Around 37% of that went to the federal tax. And then he lives in Georgia. So um, I think it's it's nearly 6%. I think it's 5.75% of that goes to the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. So his total winnings was nearly cut in half. He got $6,969,679. Yeah, so of- right at about $7 million. Still... Still worth the effort, I'd say. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> if anybody's complaining about getting winning only seven million, then there's a problem. Yeah, but also I hadn't thought about this, Joe. I didn't realize that they looked at what state you were living in and based your taxes on that, because I just assumed they would look at where the game is played, and that's where the money was, so that state should receive the tax, or that's where the game was played, so that's where the taxes should be paid. So I guess there's an advantage there if you have a state that has lower income tax, Uh, federal, federal, but makes sense. Yeah. So, and and it's all pretty close. And I don't think any state is, is astronomically different as far as that goes. The one that pays the dearest price is fourth place, which was Jan Peter Jachtman, who's Mm -hmm. from Germany. And this one is actually fascinating to me because if you are a professional poker player in Germany, then you're considered self-employed. Therefore, you have to pay income tax on the winnings. But if you're just playing as a hobby, you don't pay any taxes on live earnings. (laughs) Wow. So Jachtman, I don't know, you can call it a mistake or whatever, but he described himself as a semi-professional, which meant that he had to pay $1,495,678 out of his $3 million winnings. So if he would have just said, I just play as a hobby, I guess he wouldn't have been taxed. Uh, But you know, Germans, they're going to ask you if you were sponsored, if somebody helped you get there, which means you would be Pro, I guess. So, and didn't he have that interesting sponsor on his jacket? I think it was like lime green or something. You know me, always paying attention to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. I can't remember what it was, but you're right. He did have a sponsor. For yeah, sure. I wonder if wonder if that's how he's not able to get out of it. Still stinks though that you know, 1.5 million is taken out, and you your takeaway is a little over 1.5. Um, but still, I still stand. It's worth the effort. Um, <laughs> yeah, you I'll know, take 1.5 for sure. For sure. And it really, when you're looking at the numbers, Daniel Wyman took about 7 million. Stephen Jones took about 4 million. Adam Walton took 2.5. And essentially that's a little bit of half. It's almost half for everybody, give or take a little percentage, you know, over or under there. So yeah. that's something you should anticipate when you play, right? But it's still hurt your heart a little bit (laughs) thinking I won 12, but I only took home seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Only 7 million. That's what everybody's going to say. Only you poor soul. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But I think it's interesting to talk about. And the whole reason we even bring it up this week is because it's important to know that these guys, when they say they win 12 million, you also have to stop and think if you're interested in playing next year at, you know, the series event, go in knowing that your earnings are going to be taxed. Right. You do get to write off your losses too, though. So that's something oh, to keep in mind. I'm not a tax consultant. Don't uh, don't write me on that. <laughs> but, but yeah. Good question to ask, though. It is. So speaking of Vegas, we'll go, we'll go oh, another step here. Yes, I think I know where you're <laughs> headed. And I saw this because I'm a frequent Instagram Instagrammer. I've, you know, of course, influencers I follow, so on and so forth. But this eyeball is really disturbing people in Vegas. And when I pointed it out to you, you made an excellent point that we had seen it being built the last time we were there. We were driving around or maybe we were on the monorail or I don't even remember what, maybe we were in an Uber, but, and we saw it and we said, what 
is that? And no one could tell us what it is. And now I see this story from, um, I think it was on CNN, that Vegas residents are kind of freaked out by this eyeball that they see. <laughs> <laughs> on this giant screen it's huge and behind yeah. it is a, like an amphitheater or something right the whole thing yeah the whole thing is a five hundred and eighty thousand square foot led screen and um, i think it's the biggest one in the world yeah i think it's a news story read biggest led screen in in the world well I, and i it can be programmed to be whatever so the pics the videos that we saw were of a giant eyeball and it was actually blinking. Very um, realistic. It, yeah. It looked kind of cool though. Uh, to you. Had, <laughs> floating in the sky in your backyard, right? Fair Ooh. enough. Um, but it's been stars and stripes at one point for the 4th of July, I guess. And then a moon, some kind of ripple effect hap- happening on it. it. But it's, yeah, it's actually a concert arena. Okay. So would they have the concert on that? Because how cool would that be if they just guaranteed that the concert, you could drive by and kind of see what's happening at the concert. Maybe you don't have audio, but you've got visual to see. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah. See, you need to contact him and and let him know. Great idea for you. And if you piped piped out the audio, then, man, you could just sell lawn seats to that as well. It's another money maker. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I can't imagine. I would go to that. I'd go watch it on the biggest LED screen in the world if I couldn't afford the pit tickets or as close as I wanted to be. Why not? Yeah, That's and I think cool. I think they're going to need to get all the money they can to pay for it. It costs two billion dollars to construct. Disgusting, it. disgusting. <laughs> I mean, just that's a significant chunk. Like what? Who paid for that? Who financed it? Yeah, Vegas. And I don't know if you the know? city paid for that or if that was, uh, you know, somebody that was building it for the like the amphitheater kind of thing. I don't know. Well, all I can say is it certainly caught my attention this last week, and I can't wait to actually see it the next time we are out in Vegas and see what it actually, maybe there'll be the eyeball or something else. I mean, what yeah. we all have to give feedback. Who, who decided it'd be an eyeball? Who knows? Yeah. But maybe there'll be something a little gentler. I'm just excited to see it. I'm assuming in like October-ish, it'll be like a pumpkin or something like that. Who knows? Uh, yeah, a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> so, do you think? Do you think that's why that UFO crashed there? Do you think that's? <laughs> oh, you're taking this a little too far, Joe. A little too far. I'm not even going into the UFO talk with you. Those of you Vegas residents, we would love your way in here, but no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm just simply going to say I'm excited to see it. It is. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what's going to be displayed. And one more story out of Vegas, uh, Daniel Negreanu. So. (laughs) This is amazing. I think this is so cool. And I I posted this, the story from uh, Daniel Negreanu's Twitter page. Uh, Yeah. I posted that on the Annie Up Fans Facebook page. Just apparently Negrano's out walking his dog when a high school kid comes running up to him in a suit and well says, done. well done high school student. That's how you get the job done. Right. Dress for success. Dress for success. And he says, Hey, my friends are going to be coming over to play their last poker game before going off to college and ask Daniel to stop by and say hello. I don't know if it, so Ryan Z posted a response because um Negrano put a poll out there should I go or should I not oh, go of course he would <laughs> and and it was overwhelmingly yes obviously mm-hmm. but Ryan Z had posted a response to that poll I don't know if he was the one that actually asked him to come yeah. or not or if it was one of the other kids at the at the poker game game, but Mm -hmm. uh but i I don't know that i would have the guts to do that i I mean i'd probably go over and say hi and and whatnot i don't know if i would have had the guts to as a high school student to say hey stop by say hi but Uh, that is a lesson in always ask yeah and you know i'm a big proponent of that what can they say is no i mean you what do you risk you risk looking a little silly or you risk having that 
fangirl or fan guy <laughs> moment of freezing or saying something silly or stumbling over your words. But I mean, bravo to these young guys to, I don't know if they nominated somebody or <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, however you chose, or maybe this guy just said, Hey, I know he's there. I'm going to go ask him. I'm impressed. And that's what happens when you step out and you say, Hey, what's the worst that could happen? He could tell me, no, what's the worst that you could, you could find out is that Daniel Negrano is a grumpy guy and says, no, he's not. And so what came out of it was an awesome opportunity for, what was it, like 10 or 12 guys that were getting, they all went around the table. They all shared where they were headed to school. None of them overlapped. I don't think maybe one or two overlapped. Yeah. I don't um, think any of them. Yeah. That was just in, uh, fantastic. And the fact that he showed up and he bought in with a hundred bucks and then he put $5 back in towards the end of the game. So it spread the wealth. <laughs> I mean, super cool. And it had to have been a cool experience for him too. Oh, you know? yeah. Like he was, I did overall was impressed. He said how impressed he was of all the guys because they were all dressed, you know, in suits or ties. They were listening to classical music. Yeah. Um, you know, they were just class acts. And uh, Daniel always says in his vlog, he always says he's a man of the people. Right. And I mean, he definitely showed it in this case, but yeah, I think. Yeah. And there's the leaders that we have to look forward to. And the young people in four to five to six years when they are out in the world, out in the business world, out in communities working that also as a past teacher, I kind of nerded out there because so often you hear, oh, these kids are lazy. Oh, they're not <laughs> doing anything. Oh, their nose is in a phone all the time. And it made it made me excited to see 10 men supporting each other in all the efforts that they're going to pursue in their college education, that they have fortunate to go do that. But also they're listening to classical music. They know how to dress the part. They, they're out, they're go-getters. And yeah. the fact that they show up for each other too, you can't ask for um, a better display of camaraderie. And I know we talked about that from the World Series of Poker. It was just another another story of camaraderie and, and um, excitement for the game. So I loved it. I thought it was cool. Way to go, Negrano. You just, of course, gave us all warm and fuzzies and also some good laughs and good entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. I, I enjoyed watching the video. I've, I mean, I've watched a couple of them over and over just because they had so much fun. And I just yeah. couldn't imagine – from my own standpoint, you know, as, as being a high school kid, um, if one of my, I, I don't know if they were his idol or not, but you know, if one of the names that you look up to in the poker or whatever, uh, baseball, whatever, if they show up and say, Hey, how are you? <laughs> I mean, that, that is a story to tell for a long time. So I'm going to go as far as to say anyone of any age that makes an impression on you. And so looking at it from a different perspective too, Daniel Negrano gave them a core memory. That's a big buzzword recently about how do you create core memories with your friends, with your family, with your significant other. He created a core memory. And those 10 guys are never going to forget that Daniel Negrano showed up at their home game. Yeah, And I can only imagine what happens. It's that pay it forward mentality. He shows up, one person shows up for 10 other people. Those 10 people show up for more in their lives over and over because they know how much it meant to them. And they're going to in turn want to do that for somebody else. And so that one act of kindness explodes. A ripple effect. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a good positive note to end on. So, uh, Elle? I appreciate you joining me another week. Always glad to be around the table with you, Joe. Likewise, and we'll see you next week. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter. Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. He joins us each week to say how he would rule on situations that come up in your games and he's here with me again this week. Elliot, how are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, uh, 
on again, off again rain here, but uh, it's all right. It keeps it cool. <laughs> yeah, we've been avoiding the heat wave up here too, so it's been very nice. You guys are kind of away from most of the football. You get the bills way up further away, but uh, does the football fever really hit around there? Uh, yeah, quite a bit. We're, we've got an even distribution of uh, Bills, Patriots, uh, Giants, and Jets fans here. Gotcha. Well, this week's Call the Floor, we have, I think it's kind of interesting, and there's two questions here to be asked, but uh, basically it's sent in by Dale Hull, and he says, we have a home game once a month. It's not a big buy-in, but we have around 40 players each month and rebuys, so the prize pool gets to be pretty decent. I think I want to find this game. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) We have good dealers and things are well run. However, this situation came up at my table a few days ago, and I'm really curious what should have been done. One player goes all in and is called by another player already and... Yet another player is thinking. Meanwhile, the original all-in player turns to the player on his right, who still has live cards, and whispers something to him. The player that was thinking ends up folding, and it gets around to the player with the live cards that the all-in player was whispering to, and he calls. The hand ends up playing out, and the original all-in player wins the hand. But the first caller now wants the hand declared dead because he gave another player information. So Dale says, my first question is, what do you do at that point? And then secondly, would it would that be different if action was stopped immediately when the whispering happened? <laughs> well, what happened to the good dealers who run things well? Uh, <laughs> they certainly let this one go. I mean, two guys with cards should not be having hushed conversations while a hand is in progress, completely unacceptable. Right. We don't know what was said between the two. We have no idea if he was disclosing the contents or recommending a course of action, which, uh, let's face it, the guy who made the original bet and started whispering is the guy who won the pot. So uh, he could have been flat out lying if he was talking about the hand, which is, again, not necessarily so. It should have been stopped right when they started whispering. The dealer should have stepped in immediately. Guys, not during the hand. Uh, we can't kill the hand there. Uh, again, we don't know what was said. Uh, we apply penalties after the hand in almost every case, and, and certainly in this one. If we feel that it was detrimental to the game, uh, we will generally uh, send the offending player or players off to the rail for any number of hands or rounds. I'm not sure I'm applying that penalty in this case, other than a stern warning to uh, stop having conversations uh, during an active hand when they have cards. I don't see a whole lot else to do here. It doesn't sound unfair. I mean, is the offended player making the case that uh, their uh, whispers uh, caused them to call or not call? They can try to make that case. I'm not convinced. I don't know that there's a whole lot else to do here. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is why would you wait until after the hand to say something? Like, that's the biggest issue. That is absolutely uh, one of the most important things that happened. When something wrong happens and you're in the hand or not in the hand, say something right then. Don't wait. Because heaven forbid you wait and... and the pot gets pushed in the wrong way. A hand gets misread. Somebody discards a hand mistakenly. Any number of things can go wrong uh, by waiting. Uh, speak up now. You, you made a great point. Don't wait. Poker is being played amongst the players who participate in the, in the game. I mean, it, it's not just the dealer who's supposed to do everything, although the dealer should have spoken up here. Players are playing each other. If, if the players are doing something wrong, you got to defend yourself. you got to defend the game. you got to speak up now. Yeah. And we, we always talk about, you know, people are trying to get a win by technicality. And if you're not speaking up immediately and you wait until the pot's pushed to the original all in, then it really seems like you're just trying to win by technicality. Uh, precisely. Which, again, we've made it clear that we're going to go to great lengths to not allow winning a pot by technicality. 
the best yeah. hand's still going to get the money in almost every case. Right. So in a case like this, uh, if it would have been stopped immediately, if the dealer would have said, okay, you know, you, you can't talk during the hand, they stop things. Maybe they call the floor over and say, this is what happened. And so you still play the hand out, right? The hands are still live. The hand still yeah. plays out to its end result. And the warning is still applied. It's just not acceptable. Anybody with cards should not be having conversations in a hushed manner that nobody else can hear while the hand's going on. It's just that simple. Yeah. Likewise, somebody not in the hand should not be initiating a, a secret conversation with somebody who's got cards. That doesn't right. fly either. Yeah, I guess that's true. There is some onus here that needs to be on the player that he was talking to because he obviously didn't say, I, I've still got I've still got cards. Precisely. <laughs> He's obligated to speak up, not just not just hoped to speak up. Yeah. He's not, eh, it'd be nice if he did it or not. Oh, yeah, sure. No, he, everybody's obligated to be ethical and, and to follow the rules. Right, right. Well, that's a pretty cut and dry situation there uh and it doesn't the ruling doesn't change it's the fact that it wasn't stopped ahead of time is an issue in and of itself but it doesn't change the ruling no is that what i'm gathering there (laughs) that's exactly it you summarize that well all right so there you go i don't know what else to say there dale uh you know it's it goes back to the running see something say something there you go so in that in that vein, let me just say this. It doesn't have to be the players in the hand to say something. It's certainly not, especially in a tournament setting. In a tournament right. setting, every player is competing against every other player. Uh, the game at each table has to be ethical so that the tournament as a whole remains ethical uh, right. and maintains its integrity. Uh, yes, you're obligated to speak up. You're not obligated to let things go. Uh, you, you shouldn't let these go. Simply because you don't want this happening to you. Right. And if players feel they're wronged or cheated in some way, they're not coming back. And that makes the game smaller and worse for all of us. Uh, A well-run, ethically enforced game is better for all of us. That means we all, as players, have an obligation to speak up when something is out of the ordinary and amiss. Yeah. And Dale doesn't say whether he was one of the players in the hand or not. So I'm assuming he was a bystander in this one. But uh, uh, either way, Dale, you should speak up in these cases as well. Don't Somebody be a bystander. Should stop. Yes. We're, active, we're active participants in this game. We're not yes. bystanders unless you're on the rail, not in the tournament. If you're sitting at the table having bought in and you've got chips in front of you, you're not a bystander anymore. You're an active participant, whether or not you've got a hand. Therefore, you should be speaking up. Uh, there you go. Pointing out something that's happening that is wrong is not ratting. It's not tattling. It's relaying information to the proper people so that things can be done correctly. That And that's the, the best note to end on right there. Elliot, I do appreciate you joining me each week. And uh, Dale... Uh, if you or if anyone else has a call the floor that they would like to get a ruling from Elliot, then send it to podcast at anyupmagazine.com. Thanks a lot, Joe. Let's break it down with Hand of the Week. We are back with another Hand of the Week with Patrick. How you doing, Patrick? I am doing pretty good, Joe. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. You know, before we get started, though, I knew it. I knew it. Bring it on. (laughs) So uh, let me just preface this right now. Neither one of our teams are making the playoffs. No, but absolutely not. Yeah. So so I've already I've already kind of moved on in my brain to football. However, I did notice that our teams were playing each other. (laughs) They are. They are indeed. Some for some reason you guys managed to squeak out uh, with a walk off grand slam. You managed to get game one, but game two you got slaughtered at home. Nonetheless, I- I'll give you that. We're at home too. Yeah, 
Well, which is probably why you got the call on that check swing in game, in game one. one. <laughs> to, get, to, get, to get to the opportunity to have the Grand Slam just to walk it off. Exactly. It, it should have been out of the inning, but okay. Um, I've, my rant, my rant's over now. It's fine. But at, uh, at this but yeah. point, you guys are adding injury to insult. Um, if you look at our last, you know, eight plus games, there for a second, a split second, there was a little bit of hope and. And we love to do this as Boston Red Sox fans that there's a little bit of hope, a little bit of glimmer somewhere, and then <laughs> they just let you down. All of a sudden, we're one game back of the wild card. We've got Toronto coming into town, into Boston, and they're the team in front of us for a three-game series. Boys, you take care yeah. of business, you win the series, and all of a sudden you're a game up. Or you sweep, and, and you're f- feeling great. No, you lose right. all three after losing the night before – or the two days before to Seattle Mariners, who – aren't no offense any better than the Kansas City Royals right now. So we still have a winning season going. You know, I think it's like, you know, five or six games above 500. But, yeah, I mean, we realistically have been dominated the last two games by you guys. And I think that, you know, your your losses tend to double up on your wins at this point this year, which is sad. I, I feel for you. Uh, but, you know, you're taking care of business. And, the rubber match tonight, I just, you know, if we lose this series, it's just injury to insult, and we would just coast into the rest of the year, and we'll wait for football. <laughs> well, I will say this. The glimmer of hope for the Royals, because we have we have 37 wins this week. Oof. I mean, this year. Oof. 37 wins. But since the All-Star game, these young guys have really played well, which gives me a lot of hope for next year, which... You were talking about as Red Sox fans, what you do. This is what we do as Royals fans. We go, hey, these guys could actually play next year. <laughs> and then next year comes and <laughs> Unfortunate. Man, it's unfortunate. Well, we, we're going to play a tournament this week. Yeah, let's play poker. And Baseball's depressing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this hand of the week is sent in by... Samuel Khalil. All right. And he puts in parentheses Sammy. So we're just going to call him Sammy from here on out. Sounds good. He's playing his local casino daily tournament. Okay. And we are close to the bubble. We have around 200,000 in our stack. The blinds are 2,000, 4,000 with a 4,000 big blind ante. The hijack and button both limp. We are in the small blind with the Ace of Hearts, Jack of Diamonds. How do you want to start this one off? Well, I'm feeling pretty good about Ace Jack. Love for him to be suited. I'm probably going 10,000. So like two and a half times the big blind? Two and a half, yeah. And Sammy raises to 20,000, which I think is probably more on par with what I was thinking. All right. Because you've got two limpers. You, You know, and when you have... Two people that limped in there, you've got to add a little bit more in there f- to account for those. Fair enough. Yeah. Build that pot up a little bit. So only the button calls. Okay. And the button has about 160000 in his stack. So okay. pretty pretty close to the same. With about 48000 when you take the big blind ante into account, 48000 in the pot. The flop is the seven of spades. Two of clubs, two of hearts. <laughs> we pretty much swing and miss at that flop. Yeah, back to the depressing baseball. <laughs> that, flop, that flop was pretty depressing as well. Seven of spades, two of clubs, two of hearts. Um, yeah, just zero uh, help across the board. And, you know, I, you, you and I, I, I fear twos. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, good, good gosh. All right. Um, yeah, so. So what do we say about forty eight in the pot? Yeah. Well, I still want to control the, the narrative here. I'm probably going to go around. I mean, my thought process is about a third of the pot. Um, so I've got in my head something about probably probably eighteen thousand would be a bet for me. You know, I still have Ace Jack. I mean, if he happened to come in with a two, then good for him. But I don't think so. So that's my thought process. What do you think? <laughs> I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes on here. <laughs> I feel like I say the same things each week, but what is what does that get you? Because you're you're thinking kind of the same way as Sammy. Sa- Sammy bets twelve thousand. 
Okay. Which is even worse, I think. But um, well, coming from my point of view, and then you you throw yours in. So my this is what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to get that I still have a, a strong hand, but I don't want to go too much to where if I get re raised, then I just threw away money. So that's that's the message I'm trying to send. Did I send it right? Wrong? There's the question. And that's what we get at. Well, what what kind of big hand are you trying to say that you have then? A pocket pair of some kind? Yeah, trying to, I would guess. And if I'm doing that, then I'm probably too low on that bet. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're getting at. So I feel like if you're only going to bet that much, then you're better off checking. It's And that's what I would do. I would just check it. Okay. And if they bet, then I can call, you know, because that probably didn't hit them either. Yeah. More than likely, it's going to go check, check or something like that. If they have a small pocket pair, they might bet, but... And if so, you like you like you said, you could call. You know, that'd be fine too. I see what you're getting at. I like that. I feel like with a bet like that, what you're saying is I have a small pocket pair and if scare card comes out on the turn, then you open yourselves up to being bluffed off of that. Fair. As it stands though... Sammy bet 12,000. So there's what, 72 in the pot? Yeah. And the turn is the King of Spades. <laughs> Still air for us. We didn't improve. What do you do with that? See, this is where I, maybe this is vice versa, but this is where I would check. Lose less, see how he goes. I mean, what did, what did Sammy end up thinking? Um, <laughs> Sammy bet 36,000. Oh, half pot. Yeah. And villain snap called. Oof, that's not good. Which is never what you want to see. Oh. And this is this kind of again, as played, we bet on the flop trying to represent a small pocket pair. So if we bet here, it doesn't really make sense, right? Right. Unless we would, you know, see bet any flop. And then you could maybe say, Oh, okay, I have ace king or something like that, but for the most part we we tried to tell one story. Now we're trying to say another with that kind of a bet. Uh, I feel like you have to slow down and check there. So I think a check is better. Okay. I mean, I I realize when it's saying that, I realize we are opening ourselves up to being bluffed by that king. Yeah. But, but I guess if the thought process, you know, if Sammy's sitting there thinking, okay, well, I'm willing to do half pot and, you know, the, the other player ended up doing that, then you could call right afterwards anyways. Right. Yeah, it's tough. So snap calls at thirty six or seventy two. So we're talking what one forty and change. One forty four. Yeah. And the river is the four of diamonds. Just absolutely zero help from us. <laughs> Just run away. I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna hope. Hope. I haven't seen this yet, but I'm gonna hope that Sammy checked. You would be incorrect. Oh, Sammy. <laughs> All right. What What did our guy do? Um, he jammed, he put it all in, put in the rest of his stack. Did he force the guy out? No, no. He snap called with, let me with take a King stab. Queen of, oh, I was going to say oh, King Queen. King I'm getting better at this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. King Queen of hearts. Oh, um, so Sammy asked without being results oriented, was this play awful? I have to say it was pretty bad. All right, he he used the word, and this is you know we learn on this you know section of the the pod. So like, this is a learning experience. Yeah, I mean that's tough. I mean again, we do this every week, and I love you know the hindsight being twenty twenty Monday morning quarterback whatever. Yes, I mean I, I think you're absolutely right on this one for sure. A, a check after the flop, I, I think, and then and then you play just a completely different hand because then the you know the turn comes to the king of spades and then you're in a completely different mindset. But both right. Sammy and I bet there again, I probably would have checked after that king comes out because that's a scare card for me. And if right. he comes over the top with, you know, a half pot or even, you know, a, a pot bet, then I'm just going to say, Hey, good, good for you and walk away. Um, and then I still have <laughs> chips, but yeah, that was tough. I mean, I, I see what he was trying to do. It, it just, he didn't have the I cards mean, to represent I, it, unfortunately. Well, but the story doesn't make sense to me. And that's that's the problem that I have. If you're going to run a bluff, you've got to tell the story consistently. So even though I think that the bet on the flop is not ideal, 
once you make that bet, you're saying I have a pocket pair. Yeah. Then when the king comes out, you try to change your story and go, I, I, actually, I meant to say I have an ace king. <laughs> Which obviously he knows that's unlikely because he's got, he's got a king. kings in his range, you know? So why shove? Yeah. Tell the story, like you said, tell the story all the way through. That's the, yeah, it's great advice. And then, you know, maybe that gets played a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you just, sometimes, you know, you check down the ace high and that could win it showdown sometimes. Yeah. So I think you're better off taking the more passive route there. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to, to rub salt in the wound there, but I, I do think it was played pretty bad. But like you said, this is a learning experience. So uh, from now on, just think about the story that you're telling and think about the story that they're telling as well, because you have to be able to put some kings in their range when they call. Yeah, and he so. even described it as a snap call. You know, what does that say? That's that's tough. Well, Sammy, hopefully you can learn something from this. And if you have a hand of the week that you'd like Patrick and I to break down, send it to podcast at com. Patrick, as always, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you joining me. You you are more than welcome. Everyone, have a great week. We'll catch you uh, catch you guys next week. The question is, how are you running? Brian Bly is our Ohio ambassador, and he's joining me this week because there's some fun things going on in your area. Well, first of all. How are you running? Um, let's say medium. Uh, beginning of the year, kind of rough. You know, we have these artificial divisions. Here are my goals for 2023. And then if you happen to be down in January and February, it's like, oh, no, I'm on pace to lose my shirt this year. <laughs> but the trick is, you know, we've got to treat January and February the same way that we would have treated December and November. You know, you look at the year as a total. Uh, yeah, I had I had a goal at the beginning of the year. I'm not quite halfway there, but you know, if you could get 80 or 90 percent, I guess that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of fun places down there, and and I'm going to be making my way through there in September. So, what kind of things can I expect? What are what are some good? Well, let's start with tournaments, and then we'll talk cash. Okay. So a lot going on tournament-wise uh, out here in Ohio. Right now we're in the middle of the uh, Columbus Summer Classic Tournament Series, which they've run for several years now. Um, they've had a few events, and then just yesterday, I think, was the first day of the main event, Flight A, if you will. Today is going to be Flight B. There's still some satellites running. They've had a few other events. I guess there's some more flights coming up on the 10th, 11th, and 12th. And then Sunday the 13th will be the final for that. So that's going on. We have some early results from the uh, the Columbus Tournament Series. The No Limit warm-up event was a five-way chop. It drew 155 entries. I'm not going to say the name of anybody who participated in there. Uh, as I always say, chopping is not the same as winning. They, they don't deserve that glory. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there was another five-way chop in the seniors' events which had 177 entries. Total prize pool was 30975 Again, five-way chop. We had a, a ladies' event, uh, and I got the name of the winner was Melissa. Didn't give the last name, uh, but Melissa won 3750 for taking down the, uh, the ladies' Hold'em events. And then interestingly, uh, there was a Pot Limit Omaha event scheduled for Wednesday the 2nd, $300 buy-in. That was canceled because they didn't have the minimum 20 entries. I don't remember ever seeing that. I'm surprised. I can tell you that, uh, you know, PLO, at least in terms of cash games, Columbus always has a PLO game going. So I'm surprised that they couldn't get uh, 20 people, but it may have been if it was on a Wednesday, people are at work, something like that. So yeah, PLO just, just didn't happen. Interesting. So that's Columbus. And then of course, uh, here in Cleveland, where I am, uh, at the end of the month, we have the MSPT with another event, and that's August 30th through September 4th. This is the second time they've been in this year. MSPT also had an event here in Cleveland in February, and then one uh, last year, last May, 
once again, the main event is going to be $1,100 buy-in, guaranteed prize pool of at least $500,000. There's going to be three separate day one flights. Uh, satellites, as you would expect, are going to be available in the week leading up. Uh, the event in February drew over 1,000 entries, the main event, 1,041. So it would be interesting to see if we can top that you know, at the end of this month. And then, of course, there's the usual mix of other events. There's a PLO. There's a Seniors Hold'em. Something, there's a lot of Hold'em events, pretty Hold'em heavy, uh, other than the PLO. Yeah, you know, I, 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 that was my one critique of these circuit events as well, is they're all so Hold'em heavy. I would love to see some events that are a little more mixed game mixed in there if yeah, you will but sure. uh but that's that seems to be the way everything is right now is is really heavy in in hold'em but hopefully that'll start to shift a little bit well joe i can tell you that in, at least here in ohio the uh kind of the capital for mixed games in ohio at least for cash games is hollywood toledo um and i know you're gonna be passing through there in the near future so maybe you can get yeah. on some of those cash games. If you take a look at the Bravo Poker Live app, they have sort of a schedule. They'll say, okay, this day at this time is our uh, seven stud cash game. We're going to go round by round with high only and then stud eight. And so, you know, and they do something similar with Omaha. And I think they have some other games. So it's not like it's running all the time, but I think it's an interesting approach that they say, look, there's a certain amount of players. There's some demand for this. And if we can all right. kind of get our schedules coordinated, here's when it's going to be. And uh, I'd love to see if some of the other uh, rooms would try something like that. It does seem to do pretty well. And as I understand, going back several years, um, it does draw very well. They have people coming in from fairly far away uh, to participate in those cash games. I guess the the PLO that didn't make enough entries doesn't help our case any for right. sure. Right. But, but I would love to see, see some more of that. So they've got a lot of great events. They've got a ladies event, right? They've got the seniors event, like most things, all the usual suspects. And you mentioned Toledo having some good cash games. What kind of, what's the cash game scene looking like there? Okay. So Toledo is, is essentially strictly, uh, cash game poker room, which you don't see too much of. They had tournaments in the past, certainly before the pandemic. And for whatever reason, when they reopened, there's just been no tournaments to speak of, I believe. Um, they have one, technically there is a tournament coming up in Toledo, but it's, you can't buy into it. You have to win your way in by playing hours of cash game poker, which is kind of interesting. It basically works out every hour that you play in September, you get a ticket uh, all these tickets go into a hopper uh, on September 30th. They're going to draw out 20 winners who I, I suppose have to be present there. As I understand it, they draw the names and they say, okay, we're starting the tournament right now. Two tables, 20 players go. So it's an interesting approach. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, I guess you got to be there. So technically they do have a tournament, but essentially it's, it's all cash in Toledo. It's a Hollywood property. Um, a lot of poker players are familiar with those. Uh, everything's pretty well run. I can tell you um, the last time I was there, which was probably about a year ago, I, as I recall, it was college football season. I think their Hold'em game was still $1, $2 blinds, which surprised me. You don't really see that anymore. Every place is 1-3 or 2-2 right. or, you know, 2-5. or But the old 1-2 game, as last I saw, was uh, still alive in Toledo. Interesting. So... I just can't imagine. I'm really interested to see how this this tournament, cash game tournament structure works out because uh, I just can't imagine must be present as they pull your ticket and and just anticipate right playing. Like block off the next five hours or more just in case <laughs> they happen to draw your name. Otherwise, and if they go see a movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they're hoping you just, if they don't draw your name, you just stick around and play some more cash. Right. That makes sense. So, <laughs> well, anything else of note that uh, we should mention out there? 
Yeah, let me add this. Um, this just came out recently. I, I saw the news that uh, Hard Rock Casino Cincinnati has announced that the Moneymaker Tour will take place September 21st through October 2nd. It's going to include a main event with a $1 million guaranteed prize pool, which is impressive. Cleveland's done 500 um, a few times now, but a million. I don't know much about Moneymaker Tour. Um, I'm going to see if I can get some more details on that. Um, but I think the details should be available soon. So we'll see what that's all about. Very good. Well, we'll, we'll jump you back on here when we get closer to that and see how that uh, uh, those other tournaments shake out. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Brian. All right. Thank you, Joe. Let's go ask those. <laughs> it's time for Joe's there's a quote that a teacher told me once when i was younger i was obviously flailing trying to concentrate on too many things i always had a lot of irons in the fire so to speak my teacher said if you don't know what port you're sailing to no wind can help you and it seems to me that with the flood of information there is in poker today So many players are sailing aimlessly. I mean, it's easy to do. We have this powerful tool called the internet. I actually saw something somewhere that said, there are 20.4 billion devices that connect to the internet at any given time. So it is a powerful tool, but it can also be a little overwhelming. Not every player is at the same place in their learning process. Some are at the beginning stages of poker. Some have been playing for years, but really just started taking the game more serious. And others are planning that picture of them holding the WSOP bracelet. No matter what stage you're in, in the process, you need to choose the right tools. I mean, even with oars, you can get pretty far, right? Eventually, you figure out how to harness the wind and let it take you to the next level. And then there's another tool and another tool and so on. I still feel like Some of the best tools are those offered by the ones that have been there. Watch their videos, read their books, soak up all the information they can give you. Obviously, you'll need to adjust it to your game. We're not all robots, so it'll be a little different than theirs. But every good ship needs good sailors. And those sailors have sailed the highest seas. (laughs) How's that for a tongue twister? But seriously, they do have a lot to offer. All you have to do is listen. That's today's One Outer, and that's today's show. See you next week, A-Team. And until then, I'll see you at the tables. The Any Up Podcast is a production of AnyUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AnyUpMagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to... Editor at anyupmagazine.com.